Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. We'll let this stream breathe just for a minute. Make sure it's nice and solid across all streaming platforms. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. I would say fresh off a day off, but (laughs) we had a bonus pod yesterday. So, you know, it's been about a day since last I saw you. How are you hanging in there, brother? I'm hanging in, Chad. Like Belichick says, no days off. That's what we have to do. Keep grinding, keep potting, and uh, keep putting out some Broncos content for the masses. You know, I got a chance. I subbed in uh, last night on uh, with Eric Trickle on Dove Valley Deep Divers. So we talked a little bit about it then. But I don't know if you happen to see Trump's Donald Trump's uh, last task force press conference, whatever it was. Earlier in that day, he had had a phone call with all the major sports leagues, and he basically told them in that call that he doesn't see any reason why there's not going to be stadiums full of people yep. in August and September. Anyway, and then he was asked directly about it by the media because that leaked out as a story. He was asked about it a few hours later during his press conference. And even though, you know, nobody can make any guarantees right now with what's going on, it was encouraging to hear that, you know, hopefully if this thing continues the way the models and the projections are showing it to be, Zach, we're going to get our football on time. Some things might still be delayed as far as offseason and training camp. We'll see how it shakes out. But that was at least encouraging. It seems like we got some hope, and that's all we can really ask for at this stage. Chad. Without using these secret code words we want to avoid here and the and the issue that shall not be named, it seems like we have hope for this season. It's still, you know, months away, four months away or so, five months away. So there's a chance that the NFL season won't be affected. But no offseason program, no pre-draft process. It's going to be weird until we get to September. Really quick, because... Steve got this super chat in early and the comment stream is stacking up. I wanted to grab it real quick. So we didn't have one of those instances where the comment stream passes by the super chat card. Want to give Steven his love. Appreciate that donation, my friend. You know that that means a lot to to Zach and I means everything to us. And you're, uh, you're on the MHH Mount Rushmore. You know that bro. And we love you. He says, Hey guys, love what you guys do. I really think Elway will trade up for Henry Ruggs. We're going to talk about that today. A mock draft roundup, all the latest mocks from around the web, the most credible mocks. 
but I think we will get one of the top three wide receivers. CBS Sports had a mock that had us trading up with the Niners to pick 13 for Lamb. Do you guys think that will happen? 13 is the Niners, right? Yeah, so again, thank you, Steve. I think that's a very real possibility, and I want to answer, Steve, on the other side just real quick. I want to do the one small piece of business just to remind everybody so that we can move on and get and Zach sink our teeth into the actual content of this show, answer Steve's question. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And while you're at it, make sure you also follow the uh, the main account, at Mile High Huddle. And um, if you're listening to this podcast after the fact on Apple Podcasts, take some time, leave a creative review. That's one organic way that you can help support the show. Another simple, no-brainer, easy way for everybody right now watching this live to support the cause, like this video. Doesn't matter which platform you're watching it on, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're watching, like the video. It's a great organic way to support the cause. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Zach, back to Steve's question of, do you think that will happen? I mean, neither one of us have a crystal ball, but we know that the Johns, John John Elway and and John Lynch, they have a friendly relationship. They've helped each other out in the draft. They've swapped players in the past. I could see this trade happening, and I could see CeeDee Lambie in the pick, although my only exception to this is if the Broncos were to make a trade up, my bet would be that it would be for Henry Ruggs as opposed to CeeDee Lamb. I agree, and also the fact they're probably going to have to leapfrog the Niners because if there's one team in the NFL, Chad, that needs a wide receiver more than the Broncos, it is San Francisco. So if they like Lamb, they're not going to move out of that spot and pass up their guy they want. The Broncos would probably have to get in front of them. And then it gets to a point of 10 or 11, maybe even, even in the top 10, 8 or 9 or so. I'm not willing to move up, probably not even for Henry Ruggs, considering how stacked this draft class is, Chad. The only guy I would jump in the top 10 for is Simmons. As much as I love rugs, I don't know that I would give up capital when there's a good chance one of those top three, four receivers will fall into their laps at 15 either way. Fair point. Jimmy Mack jumping in with a $5 super sticker. I don't Thank even you, know what a super sticker is, but we do appreciate you. Yeah. 
jumping in like that with the donation, Jimmy. Thank you very much, my friend. All right. As things, let me just welcome in everybody that's been hanging out in the chat and who have joined us in the chat. Ed, what's up, my friends? Good to see you. Terry, Sterling, Charlie, Brian, Robert, Bronx legend. Good to see each and every one of you, even if I didn't mention you. Hit that like button. That's right. Smash it. And guys, we want to get to a mock draft roundup. What does that even mean? Well, we've gone through and done the research on our side to compile a list of all the top mock drafts over the last week from credible outlets, okay, and people that we know and and outlets that we trust to kind of get a bead on what the outside world thinks the Broncos are going to do in the first round of the draft. And we're going to get to that. Let me just grab one more super chat from Bronx legend. Appreciate that. My friend, nice. he says, uh, would you call it a reach to snatch Brandon Ayuk or Jalen Rager in the first round? Yes, absolutely. Unquestionably. So Ayuk is a fringe second rounder could end up going in the third. Rager was a fringe first rounder before he tanked it at the combine. But in all fairness to Rager, he's one of these guys, Zach, that is really suffering without a pro day. Because, you know, he his 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 tape, he looks a lot twitchier and, and faster than what he showed at the combine. And he played at TCU at a significantly lighter weight by 10, 15 pounds, something like that. For whatever reason, his representation told him to bulk up and get nice and and uh, I don't know, thick. It didn't work out for him, Zach. He ended up running you know, relatively slow for a wide receiver of his size. And it yeah. really hurt his draft stock. So in a perfect world, he's a type of player where, all right, I kind of screwed the pooch on in the combine. So I'm going to go ahead and lose this weight and zero in and focus on my pro day as my opportunity to show scouts what I can really run because he's not going to get that chance. Zach, I don't see him going in the first round for sure. Now, the only way either of them end up with the Broncos is if Denver goes for a different position in the first round. Those are second-tier prospects. Those are second-round, maybe even third-round prospects. No way in hell do I want the Broncos gambling on either guy in the first round. There's plenty of other top receivers that would come before them. And we talked about Rager on a previous pod. To me, there's so much bust potential there. I wouldn't even touch him in the second round, I don't think. I would go for Denzel Mims. I would go for there, – there's so many other receivers in this draft class. So Rager scares me. Ayuk is not worth the fi- top 15 picks. So wait till that. Get, get a different guy in the first round if you want to explore those second-tier options. Many of you probably saw the poll that we put up on YouTube earlier today. I kind of kicked myself because I waited too long to put that on. We'd like to get those up a lot more often in the coming weeks and months of this podcast and the live streams, basically involving you, our audience and community on YouTube in terms of what you want us to talk about, what what the topics of the shows might be, programming points, et cetera. So those of you who are subscribed on YouTube, the 6,000 or so that are listening and watching this either live or after the fact, make sure you check in the community section. You're going to be seeing polls laid out by us. Uh, maybe not on a daily basis, but definitely on a weekly basis. We want to involve you more on what you want to see this show that Zach and I do four times a week, plus the other podcasts do for you. Now, Zach, let's get to the roundup real quick. And guys, your questions, your super chats, we will get to those in this podcast. Let us just grab the roundup first really quick, and then we'll start kind of going around and, and seeing what's on everybody's mind. First off, I want to feature Eric Trickle, our Eric Trickle's um, mock draft, seven-round mock from earlier this week. Now, it's the last mock that Trickle's going to do until the final week leading up to, or I should say the week of the draft, which is April 23rd. He had the Broncos in his mock moving up 
to pick 11 to take Henry Ruggs. Now, it's worth mentioning real quick, instead of pedantically going through each one that mentions Henry Ruggs, Trickle has the Broncos at Ruggs. Walter Football has the Broncos taking Ruggs at 15. Uh, former colleague of ours, Josh Edwards of CBS Sports, has the Broncos taking Ruggs at 15. Let me see if there's another one. Let me just make sure. That's it in terms of what I was able to find of the last week. Um, so Henry Ruggs, probably the most common pick in the in the mock draft landscape, Zach. I don't know how much more we can really add to that as a conversation, but yeah. it's one of those situations where I think it, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Absolutely. And the Broncos have a need and their need aligns with it being such a historically deep draft class. And you can make the case that his stats are a little inflated in Alabama offense. You can make the case that he's not the wide receiver one that Judy is or CeeDee Lamb is, but he's still a dynamic game breaking wide receiver who would thrive next to Cortland Sutton catching passes from Drew Locke. It just makes too much sense, Chad. But then again, so did Prince of Mucamara, and he's not with the Broncos either. So we have to see ultimately if this is a giant smokescreen, which I don't think it is or if there's, there's more smoke to the fire and they will target a receiver at 15, depending on who's on the board. SI's Jaime Eisner had the Broncos taking C.D. Lamb at pick 15, and it's an interesting choice. I believe in that particular mock, Ruggs was already off the table. So C.D. Lamb was the pick, and honestly, C.D. Lamb's my favorite receiver in this class. Just what he can do, the easiest Pro comparison for those who don't spend a lot of time reading scouting reports and watching the film and all that. The simplest, most accurate, I think, pro comparison is DeAndre Hopkins, who just got traded from the Houston Texans to the Arizona Cardinals. Can you imagine taking a guy like Nuke Hopkins, plugging him in opposite of Cortland Sutton with Drew Locke hmm. as the trigger man? Like, I I don't know. To me, that would be just that body control, the athleticism, being able to go up and grab it. Not yeah. necessarily the fastest. CD Lamb runs the exact same 40 as Cortland Sutton, which is a 4-5. But man, those two together, I think, would make a phenomenal duo. Yeah, he's fast enough, and I'm a big fan of Lambs and Jerry Judy as well. That's why I'm saying I'm not too discriminatory. If the Broncos can end up with any of the big three, depending on if they stay put at 15, maybe move up a few spots, I'd be happy with that. But the case in point is no matter how you rationalize it or anyone else, they need a wide receiver within the first two rounds, preferably the top wide receiver, the blue chip prospects, if they can fall into their lap at 15, great. Whether it's Lamb, Judy, or Ruggs, I don't really matter. It doesn't really matter to me. I just want Locke to have that weapon that he so badly needs. The MMQBs, Kevin Hansen, kind of raised some eyebrows with his selection for the Broncos. First off, he had the Broncos trading back with the Philadelphia Eagles to pick 21. Who did the Eagles take at 15? Henry Ruggs. The Broncos then at pick 21, though, Zach, take Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU. Now, when I first read this, in fact, I think I read it the first time while we were podcasting earlier this past week, and I, I kind of laughed it off, but then after I went back and, and kind of spent some time chewing on it, thinking about it, whatever, Patrick Queen is an option if the Broncos were to trade back into, the let's say, the back third of the first round. I don't hate the idea, and of course that's assuming, Zach, that you know the blue chip three – wide receivers are off the table, but what are your thoughts to the Broncos taking a Patrick Queen uh, or a, or a Kenneth Murray? For some reason, his name, I always, I can never, <laughs> I just need to put like a sticker up on my wall. Kenneth Murray. Anyway, your thoughts on that linebacker back in first round. 
It's not my preference to trade down, and it's definitely not my preference if the Broncos trade down to target an inside linebacker. If you if there's a cushion bearing on the board, if there's a Kinlaw on the board, you got to prioritize those players. Maybe even receiver falls there. I like Murray more than Queen, but even then, I would want to trade back to get Drew Locke either a wide receiver or protection. They don't have a starting center right now. Cushenberry in the last couple picks of the first round from 20 to 32, that's a better value for him than gambling at 15. Regardless, they need a center. They need a wide receiver. So if they move back, which is not my preference to take away an opportunity to land a blue-chip prospect, I wouldn't target an inside linebacker. And if I did, I want Murray more than Queen, but that's just my opinion. Things took a surprising turn with NBC Sports mock draft. They took, they had the Broncos staying at 15 and taking CJ Henderson, the corner from Florida, who, you know, here's the thing about Henderson. He might be as talented or have the same type of ceiling as a cover guy as Jeff Okuda. But the problem is he's not as polished in that department yet. He's still a significantly more raw prospect. And Zach, he has an aversion to tackling. Yep. What do we know about Vic Fangio and the demands at the cornerback and DB positions? Tackling is non-negotiable. So that doesn't completely remove a C.J. Henderson out of the equation for the Broncos in the first round. But I think he's one of the more le- least likely players to interest Elway and Fangio of the different corners that are going to be there for the taking, including you know Christian Fulton, who I think is similar to Henderson in yeah. terms of pros, cons, and Jeff Gladney of TCU. I was going to say, him and Fulton should not be in the consideration at all, even if the Broncos trade down. I mean, they brought back Devontae Bosby. They just acquired A.J. Boye. They have high hopes for him. They're okay at cornerback. They can add one in the later rounds to take the guy at 15, potentially passing on a Becton, potentially passing on a Lamb or a Judy. You just cannot do that. It cannot be a cornerback and inside linebacker at 15 if those blue chip receivers or linemen on the board. Drew Locke, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but he is the most important piece of this puzzle, and the Broncos have to assuage him any means necessary to 15. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Draft Tech, and I just realized I... I think I put a uh, typo in their name. I think it's just one T. Anyway, Draft Tech is, <clears throat> you know, one of the bigger draft sites on the internet. They had the Broncos standing pat at 15 and taking the Wunderkid defensive lineman, the raw dude from South Carolina with a ceiling that might be limitless, Javon Kinlaw. This could be the next Chris Jones, Zach, or he could be a bust. Yeah, yeah, he could fall somewhere in between, but that's the kind of boomer bust type of – player that he represents for the Denver Broncos and any team looking to take him in round one. I don't hate it. I'm okay with it. I, I would be fine if the Broncos took Javon Kinlaw. I think you're, we our, our opinions kind of diverge on this point. I think you're a little bit more Broncos need to get a wide out and one of the blue chip three if possible in the first round, whereas I'm a little more ambivalent to it. However, your thoughts on Javon Kinlaw as the pick at 15. He does have some, uh, you know, high risk, high reward potential, but I see a lot of Jarrell Casey in him, Chad, in the best case scenario. Just a multi time pro bowler can get after the quarterback and stop the run. I like his work ethic. I would not hate this pick at 15. I would like it a lot more than a Henderson or another quarterback there, but again, I'd like it less than a wide receiver or an offensive lineman. That just has to be the preference, depending on how the board falls. If the all the linemen are gone, if all the top receivers are gone, I wouldn't mind Kinlaw if he's still there. But if they take Kinlaw over CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, I don't think I can get on board with that, especially with Shelby Harris coming back, Chad. Fair point, my friend. All right, let's grab this last one, then we'll get back to the comment stream, the chat stream. The Draft Network's Joe Marino, arguably the preeminent number one draft website. Many of our listeners use their mock draft engine, their simulator, and uh, they do great work. Joe Marino, um, oh, there's my typo there. He had him taken at 15 as well. Derek Brown, defensive tackle, Auburn. Now, this is a guy that's more an interior player, more of a yeah. tackle than he is like a five-tech defensive end, although he could he can do either. His floor is higher than a Javon Kinlaw's. But his ceiling's probably a little bit less. Very strong player. He's a guy that Vic Fangio could make a lot of hay with. And, I mean, as far as your plug-and-play nose tackle, he could literally step in out of the gates and not only replace Mike Purcell as the starting nose nose tackle, but provide a significant upgrade. He's a very dynamic, strong, interior player at the point of attack. And as a one-gap type of guy, I think he could really succeed with Vic Fangio but it wouldn't be the sexiest of picks, right. Zach. Even though Derek Brown, you know, for m- the majority of the 2019 college season, he was being projected as a top five caliber pick, like a Marcel Darius caliber pick for you know this coming draft. So your thoughts on Derek Brown at 15? His floor is pretty high, and I, I don't doubt that he'd make a pretty instant impact in Vic Fangio's defense. But you just re-signed Shelby Harris. You used a, a former high-round pick on Draymond Jones. You just acquired Jarrell Casey as defensive tackle. You're paying him $13 million this season. Do you really need someone like Derek Brown to be added to that defensive line, to pass on a receiver or an offensive lineman? Again, I'm saying the same thing, but it holds true. If they're going to go for a defensive lineman, I'd rather have the versatility and position flexibility of a Kinlaw versus Derek Brown, who, like you mentioned, Chad, his ceiling is a lot lower than someone like Kinlaw. All right, guys, there's your mock draft roundup. Let's grab what's on your mind and uh, see what's going on in the comment stream. Let's grab Guy University. 
on YouTube says, y'all think the Giants would be willing to swap picks, uh, sw- swap pick four with Denver being that they're farther away than the Broncos are in terms of competing. Yeah. I would propose our first and third this year and our first next year. Would you be willing to give up that kind of a ransom to move up and, and grab Simmons, Isaiah Simmons? I, I- I don't know. I mean, the first round pick next year, that's kind of the deal breaker for me because you never know what that first round pick is going to be and, and you never know what the Broncos needs are going to be next year. I mean, they have Todd Davis. He's replaceable for sure, but they have A.J. Johnson. They have needs throughout the roster. And from what I'm hearing, Chad, the Giants love Simmons. They might not want to move out of that pick regardless. They might want to just hold on to it and take their guy. But top four, I wouldn't move up for him that far. As much as I love him, I'd go to maybe seven or eight would not jump into the top five. It's just too cost prohibitive. All right, let's grab Marcos jumping in with the $5 super chat. Thank, Thank you, Marcos. Marcos. How many touchdowns do you think Cortland Sutton will have in 2020? What do you think, Zach? I think last year he had six and that was playing with three different starting quarterbacks. Yeah. What's your project, uh, projection? I'm going to say double that and say 12. I just think that's super easy for someone like Cortland Sutton. It's not just between the 20s and the red zone. Just at any point on the field, if you put a decoy like a Henry Ruggs or a Lamb next to him, it's going to open up so much more real estate for Cortland Sutton. You have Melvin Gordon in the mix, Philip Lindsay, Noah Fant. I mean, you can't cover everyone. So Cortland Sutton should finally get more one-on-ones, and we all know what happens when he gets that opportunity. He snatches your soul. I'm going to say 12 touchdowns, a majority of the which coming in the red zone, but he's going to thrive and make the Pro Bowl this season. I like that. He snatches your soul. Just ask, uh, was it Denzel Ward? I think it was Denzel Ward in that Browns game in week nine, that phenomenal catch. Of course, Brandon Allen, the one throwing it, but that one down the right sideline, south stands, and he just jumps in front of Denzel Ward and just plucks the ball and demands it. Touchdown Broncos. He's just a phenomenal young player, and I can't wait to see what he can do in uh, his third season and his first full season, hopefully playing with Drew Locke as the starting quarterback. All right, let's grab – there he is. Talk about Mount Rushmore. There Stu he Peek, close friend of the show, big member of this community. $20 super chat. Thank you, Thank Stu. You, Stu. That means a lot to us, brother. Hope you're Appreciate hanging in well. It. Hope you're staying uh, healthy and uh, and safe, my friend. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Should I run? Let's grab Robert. Should I run my mocks based off player power chart or predictive board? Are you talking to somebody specifically? Maybe that's a conversation that I, that we're just kind of stumbling into, but um, I guess that's just up to you, dude. That's up to you. Talking about, you know, you can use these, and it's grown and grown over the this year in, in particular, Zach. The mock draft machines, the uh, simulators like the Draft Network does one, and there are a bunch of different places you can do mock draft simulations. Like it's exploded in terms of it's not just media and blogs doing them now or using them to create content. It's great because all the fans under the sun can go use these simulators and have a blast. And yeah. and uh, we get tagged on them on a daily basis on Twitter, trying, you know, asking our thoughts and opinions on this mock draft hall or that mock draft hall. And it's really fun, creates a lot of great conversation. But I'm sure that's what Robert's speaking to there. There's so many more tools now than when we first got into this business, Chad. There was nothing as interactive as there is now, and it's just fun for the for the fans to kind of play around and, and simulate what the draft can be. Anthony jumps in with a $5 super chat. Thank you, my Appreciate friend. You, Anthony. Do teams trading in the draft discuss the player that will be taken to make sure the team trading back doesn't lose the player they want? I'm sure that those type of conversations take place. I mean, it only stands to reason, Zach. If a player 
is well, yeah, I mean that's do teams trading in the draft discuss the player that will be taken to make sure the team trading back doesn't lose the player they want? Yeah, absolutely. I think they get assurances, <laughs> right, Zach? If I'm reading that question correctly, yeah. I mean, every team has so many contingency plans, plan A, plan B, plan C, all the way to plan Z. It's it's the biggest investment for these multi-billion dollar franchises to make every single season. And especially this season with the draft being so different. Yeah, there's different contingencies in place. So they definitely have those discussions for sure. Terry Randall up in Canada, super chat, superstar proving as always that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Appreciate that five dollar super you, Terry. chat, Terry. He says, "If Locks TD over under is twenty five, what are you taking?" Over. Hashtag football priests. Hashtag state of being. Ooh, try and be as straight up and legit on this as possible. I'm going to take. Honestly, we'll take the under just to play it safe. I'll take mm. the under. But what do you think? Chad got your uh, Kelberman negativity going tonight. I see. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the over on this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say 28 would be the over under. I'm just uh, I'm very optimistic for what Locke can do this year, especially if you give him the protection and the weapons to succeed. I, I just love what he can bring to the table as that gunslinging franchise quarterback. So I'm taking over 25 for sure. For one, it's worth. There's there is some imp- empirical evidence that would bolster and support the over. I mean, just look at what Daniel Jones did last year in 12 games in Shermer's offense, uh, 24 touchdown passes. Uh, However, even though the proliferation of the passing attack since 2008 has progressed significantly, I mean, Jay Cutler had his career year in 2008 as a Denver Bronco. What was it? 24, 25 touchdowns. I think it was 24 actually off the top of my head. It's a lot of touchdown passes, believe it or not. It's a lot. That's why I've been so impressed. I was so impressed by Daniel Jones' production last year. So I hope it's the over, and I think there's a lot of evidence to support that it will be over. Ben Fuller jumping in with a $10 super chat. Thank Thank you, Ben. Ben. Assuming we add some more speed to the offense, does Shermer's scheme involve moving the pocket at all? With Locke's mobility, do you think getting him rolling out of the pocket could help the offense? Zach, it, I don't see a lot of that from Shermer's scheme as far as the moving pocket and bootlegs and rollouts. You know, it's a little bit more common in the under center type of offenses that you see in the West Coast, you know, variants from the Gary Kubiaks to the John Gruden's to all. It doesn't mean that they won't utilize Locke's athleticism. Right. I think you'll see a lot more RPOs. You'll see some sets and some opportunities where Locke can kind of use his move ability, kind of a point guard moving ability to distribute the ball and buy time. But I don't think those days of the naked boots and the moving pockets, I don't think you're going to see that as a predominant element right. of the Broncos scheme. Yeah, I don't doubt at all they're going to have some plays where they roll the pocket or, or you know roll them out to one side or the other, have him throw across his body, but they're not going to turn him into Lamar Jackson either. He's just not the type of quarterback. They're going to let his mobility come out naturally, Chad. He can climb the pocket. He can move around. He won't be so stone-footed like Joe Flacco. It will come out naturally with Drew Locke's skill set. So are they going to seek that out? Are they going to call plays specifically to move the pocket? A few times, every, every couple games or so, but it's not going to be an overarching theme of Shermer's offense. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Brian jumps in, super chat superstar on the Mount Rushmore. Thank you, Brian. Still holds the all-time individual super chat record. Appreciate you, my friend. He wants C.D. Lamb. And we definitely understand that sentiment. Jordan checking in. What's up, gentlemen? Spent the entire weekend moving from Parker to Broomfield, so I'm exhausted. Glad to have my football priest to chill with. Thank you, you, my friend. Frank Romano. Me again, Zach. Ruggs has bad stats in the SEC. Runs a fast 40. Why the top 15? Name one speed receiver that can run block and is not an injury concern. Fuller? Nope. Tyreek Hill? I mean... How much do you need a speed receiver to block, though, Franco? All right. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is pretty good at blocking. Yeah, but, I mean, seriously, that's the last thing you draft a wide receiver to do. I mean, you coach them up on it, you teach them how to do it, and you demand that they put effort in on that side of things. But, Zach, nobody got drafted. I mean, maybe this is hyperbole. Nobody, no wide receiver ever got drafted based on their blocking acumen. Right, exactly. I mean, it's a nice quality to have on top, like Larry Fitzgerald's and the Heinz Wards of the NFL. But if you draft Henry Ruggs, it's to run down the field to make plays and catch passes from your franchise quarterback. Blocking is secondary. They have enough blockers. They just signed Nick Vanette to be a blocker. They don't need their wide receiver to be a, a predominant, predominantly blocking player. It's a secondary skill set they can have. But the number one, the primary skill set is catching the ball and doing it quickly. Boise man jumps in with a $5 super chat. Appreciate you, you, my friend. I agree we shouldn't trade up for a wide receiver. I'd sell the farm for Simmons, but that's it. I'd say see what falls to 15. If no wide receiver, then trade back for a center. And that's a, I think that's a solid strategy. Listen, I've talked about Simmons as being and agreed with Zach on the topic of Simmons being one of the few prospects I'd be comfortable trading up for. But I want to qualify that. If it involves giving up an additional first-round pick, I'm out on that. The only time you do that is if you're moving up to grab your franchise quarterback of the future. Broncos have their franchise quarterback, so they need to stockpile their premium round picks especially. I mean, right now they're sitting at 10 picks in this class or in this draft. 
they're probably not going to end up making 10 picks. But those first five, the top five they have in the uh, in the top 100, those are crucial, and that applies to each and every single draft class. So for me, if it involves moving up for a first, you know, with an additional first rounder, I don't like it. But this strategy of, you know, standing pat, seeing what falls to 15, exploring a trade back if the wide receiver you want isn't there. And the thing is, if you want to move up in the top five, the top six, you're going to have to give up a first round pick. So I'm with you. That's off the table for me. As much as I love Simmons, Boise man and I share a brain exactly on this topic. Don't move back if you don't have to. Don't move up if you don't have to. You could make a call for Simmons, but see what's there at 15. If nothing's there, go back and get your offensive lineman for Drew Locke. One way or the other, you're helping Drew Locke in the first round. All right. Let me just grab this really quick. Um, Fernando. Jumps in with the $5 Super Chat. Appreciate you, you, Fernando. Do you guys think Troy Dye out of Oregon, the linebacker, is a good fit in our defense? If so, should Denver look at him seriously? Also, love the pod. Keep it up. Thanks, Fernando. Um, Well, let's take a look at some of his measurables real quick. Mr. Troy Dye. Let's just take a look at what he did at the Combine. 6'3", 231. He's got some long arms. Uh, Let's see what if it shows his... Did he not run at the combine? Does it look like he did? He's not a player that Zach I've spent any time studying on film, but Lance Zerline of NFL.com has his pro comparison as as uh, Houston's Zach Cunningham. So solid. I mean, you know, I'd have to spend a little bit more time looking into that Fernando to be to give you the most specific answer. But uh, I think Vic Fangio can make almost any linebacker fit. It's just a matter of what degree do they succeed in his scheme. I couldn't give you an honest answer on die right now. I mean, plus they might go back to that well after drafting Justin Holland. So, I mean, they already have that Oregon young linebacker on the roster. But sure, I mean, in the middle rounds, a developmental guy, like Chad said, which I echo, any linebacker, even the most average, even Todd Davis looked a little better in a Fangio system. So if die isn't, isn't going to be that guy, I have no qualms about him succeeding in a, in a Fangio scheme. This is a fair point from Jody. On Facebook in 2013, let me remind you, Broncos, most points ever scored by an offense in the history of the game, 606 points, almost averaged 40 a game without a speed guy. Who did, let's, let's, let's roll it back. Now, you had the greatest trigger man in the history of the passing offense, which was Peyton Manning, but you had DT, Demarius Thomas, on one side. You had Eric Decker on the other, Wes Welker in the slot, and Julius Thomas. All of them dynamic in their own way. None of them that blazing speed demon. So, yeah, there's there are a lot of different ways to skin that cat. But I think, Zach, why speed is being focused on so much in this class, and especially as it relates to the Broncos, is everyone's trying to copycat what the Chiefs have. Yeah, and in 2013, they had Peyton Manning. And not just Peyton Manning, but a prime Peyton Manning. He throws receivers open. He makes everyone around him so much better. It's why Tom Brady succeeded for so many years into his 40s with a a below-average supporting cast. Those elite Hall of Fame first ballot quarterbacks literally could take you or I off the street and make us Pro Bowl receivers. That's why they didn't need a speed receiver. But Drew Locke is not Peyton Manning. As much as I hate to say that, he's just not. He has a long way to go, a lot to learn, very raw. So he needs that safety blanket using matching his arm strength of a fast wide receiver with hands it can run the full route tree and that's a first round receiver in this draft so that's the difference between 2013 and the 2020 denver broncos well said larry jumps in with a two dollar super chat appreciate you larry. Thank you larry if we move up for a wide receiver it has to be jerry judy says larry and listen 
again, beauty is something that's always going to be in the eye of the beholder. If your heart is set on Jerry Judy, you know, it's one of the big three. If you're going to take a wide out in the first round, if it's one of the big three, Judy's among them. He's a fine young player. He's going to be a phenomenal talent at the next level. He's probably the safest of the big three. He's probably the safest pick between those three, Zach. Look at look at the contrasting opinions, though, Chad. Three different questions about receivers. One said we have to get CeeDee Lamb. One said we have to get Ruggs. One said we have to get, um, you know, Jerry Judy. There, it's so many. It's all subjective as to who you want. But the, the fact is any of those three receivers would look great in a Broncos uniform. Any of those three would immensely help this offense and take Drew Locke to the next level. One of our Super Chat superstars, Edward Keating himself, is this a different account for you, Edward? Because unless you changed it up, maybe you did. With a $5 Super Chat, Thank appreciate you, you, my friend. Hope everything's well, going well. okay. Uh, hope the new job is is rolling for you. He says, I am so ready for Broncos football, Denver Broncos for life. Well, guess what? Unfortunately, as you know, my friend, we still, even if it was a perfect world right now and it was the same as it was last year, we're still, let's see, April to May, May to June, June to July, three months and some change till training camp is supposed to happen. And then another couple of weeks, you got the preseason. So you're four months, five months, depending on how you want to qualify that. But it'll come. It'll come, Edward. Stay positive, my friend. In a normal offseason, we would have OTAs and mini camps as soon as next month. This, the offseason program would be starting this month. So, you know, we're going to try to bridge the gap until this issue settles down and football comes back to the forefront. Amen. Buona Beast, the mayor of our Mile High Huddle community there on uh, YouTube, says, Kenneth Murray is not an option, I feel, which I've seen a few times at 15. I think he'd be more of an option, Buana, at pick 46 if he lasted that long, which is yeah. possible, but not from most of the mocks. If you read the full first round, they have him as a late first round pick. I would be stunned if Kenneth Murray were the pick at 15, Zach. It would be a worst case scenario where all the offensive linemen, all the all the big time offensive players who the Broncos would target would have to be off the board. Kinlaw as well. Uh, it would just be a last resort pick for the Broncos and a reach, in my opinion, at 15. If they want to move down to the 20s and take Murray, fine. But at 15, with all the other positions that need to be filled, it would be a reach. Shadif Henson jumps in with a $20 super chat. Thank you, Thank Shadif. You, Shadif. I agree with Kyle. I understand what speed can do for our offense. I'm not sold on rugs for speed only, though. I wouldn't trade up for a number two receiver when guys like Jefferson or Mims might be a better fit, especially from a blocking standpoint. And that's fair. I mean, Jefferson and Mims, depending on who you ask, are pretty much viewed as the fourth or fifth kind of rotation, rotate each one. You decide uh, wideouts in this class. I'm with you. In that, Shadif, I lean a little bit more towards doing something else in the first round at pick 15 and trying to get one of these two guys possibly in the second round, even if that meant you had to trade up a little bit to grab one of them. But Ruggs, I'm telling you right now, he's not a – he's not a uh, what was that kid's name that went to Cincy? John uh, – Ross, I was going to make the same exact point. That's not what he is. Dude. Right. He, he really isn't. Exactly. He's not just a speed guy. He's not just a fast guy who runs a nine route down the field. He has good hands. He can run the full route streak. Came from a, a pretty pro-style offense with great talent surrounding him. He still made plays, even with Tua and his limitations as well. 
I would like all those receivers, but the difference is Jefferson and Mims are a little more like Cortland Sutton. They're, they're long gliders as opposed to being true speed demons. Ruggs, Lamb, Judy, they're more speedsters, which the Broncos need. I wouldn't complain if they got either of the big five, but there is kind of a big gap, or not a big gap, but a gap nonetheless between the big three and players like Mims and Jefferson. James jumps in and says, it's worth pointing out the 10-yard splits at the Combine, and that's why I'm not down on these prospects at all. Ruggs with a 1.43-second 10-yard split. Lamb, 1.46 seconds. Judy, 1.48. And then Mims, Pittman, and DuVernay at 1.51, which so, shows some explosiveness and um, you know lateral twitchiness, Zach. Yeah, that's it's what the Broncos need in spades. Let's grab Jeff jumps in with a $5 super chat. One of our superstars, great longtime listener of the show. Appreciate you, Jeff. He says, Anthony Robbins says, awaken the giant within. I've read that book, by the way. If you want to be successful like someone, mirror their behavior. We need to emulate offenses like San Francisco, KC, New Orleans, et cetera, in my opinion. Hashtag never Broncos for life. Hey, man. If you're reading Anthony Robbins, then you're getting some good information. And anyone out there going through personal struggles, man, that book will get you fired up. Any of his books will get you fired up and ready to take on whatever obstacle life can throw at you. But his point, though, is is a salient one. The Broncos, and I think that's what you're going to see a guy like Pat Shermer, one of the reasons Vic Fangio wanted him, is exactly that. It's a copycat league. They want to put something in place that looks like the Kansas City offense and looks a little bit more like, you know, probably a hybrid between the San Francisco and KC offense, something a little more innovative, something a little more cutting edge. Fake it until you make it. That's exactly where that expression is born from. And I wouldn't want the Broncos. uh, This is where I diverge from the Broncos completely emulating the Chiefs. They can't govern themselves around what the Chiefs have done. They have to be the Broncos. They do not have Tyreek Hill. They do not have Mahomes. They have Locke and whoever they're going to draft. So you can take little elements from what they've done. You can use some of their ideas they brought to the table in the NFL and how they changed the game in certain aspects. But don't try to be the next, the new Kansas City Chiefs. Be the new Denver Broncos. And I think they'll succeed that way Jody Moncrief has a question for you Zach are you okay with the tight ends running wild on Todd Davis who can't cover them in other words no the idea of of (laughs) not taking a Kenneth Murray or a Patrick Queen in the first round or whatever I mean, I've I've been one of the biggest Todd Davis haters. Anyone who's followed me for last couple of years now knows I'm one of his biggest detractors. But the fact of the matter is, he's a good two-down linebacker. The fact of the matter is, they do have Johnson next to him, who's a more dynamic player. The fact of the matter is, they will draft an inside linebacker at some point. It just doesn't have to be at 15. It doesn't have to be their first-round pick. They can get a guy in the Vic Fangio defense, and as he's shown, as you said, Chad, he can make mostly any linebacker succeed. He can take the Fangio bump and apply it to any player. It doesn't have to be Kenneth Murray. You use who they're going to draft, the sum of all their parts, and Fangio's knowledge, his scheme, and ability, you can take away the tight ends. You can limit them. You're never going to fully stop the Travis Kelseys, but you can limit them. And the Fangio system especially can bring that to the table. We saw it. I mean, it wasn't they didn't bat a thousand against tight ends last year. There were a few that managed to squeak through. But it wasn't the consistent threat and problem and Achilles exactly. for this defense under Fangio that it had been the previous five years. Noel jumps in and says, you guys rock on Facebook. Would you guys use one of our third-round picks on Amik Robertson, the corner from Louisiana Tech, a fearless defender with 14 interceptions in college? I would say, Noel, that that's a, that's a kind of a starting point for Amik is the third round, third, fourth round, something like that. Yeah. I would be absolutely okay with it. And, yeah, the dude was a complete ball hawk, Zach, and the Broncos could use that kind of impact on D. 
you have to be wary about a third-round Broncos cornerback considering the recent <laughs> history, but I, I really wouldn't touch one until the third round. Chad, that position to me can wait. You can make do with what they have right now, but in the third, they want to target him. I'm all for that. Pranked Films jumps in. And by the way, Pranked Films, I hope you saw on our makeup episode yes, uh, Saturday, yesterday, that we did grab your question from Thursday. But anyway, he jumps back in $5. Thank super you. chat. Appreciate you. Who do you think is the most realistic, complete player Denver could draft at pick 15. How do you feel about C.D. Lamb to the Broncos? Again, C.D. Lamb's my favorite of these wide uh, in this wide receiver class, but a complete player, I think, um, you know, honestly, if, if you're just looking for a finished product with a really high floor and a, you know, it doesn't mean he, doesn't, he, he has a low ceiling, but we talked about him in the mock draft roundup. Probably Derek Brown from Auburn is about as complete as it gets, at least on that side of things. Isaiah Simmons is another one that yeah. even though he's still got a lot of room to grow and develop, he's a very polished product already. Jeffrey Okuda. But at pick 15, neither, neither of those two guys are going to be a realistic option. Honestly, I think Cushenberry, the center from LSU, would be another complete. But sometimes that's not your only – I shouldn't say sometimes. That's not your only consideration when you're making a pick in the first round. Oftentimes you are – making that pick based on ceiling, trying to project what that's going to look like in your scheme and whatnot. But C.D. Lamb, he's also about as complete as it gets from this wide receiver class. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs, another offensive lineman at 15. Yeah. That's a that's a mostly complete player who would step in right away and contribute. In terms of receivers, Jerry Judy, I think, is a little more advanced than a Henry Ruggs. So if you're talking about complete players who'd be realistic, there's a chance he falls to the Broncos. And he's, a, I think, a better technician. He has some speed to his game. I think his hands are a little better. Uh, he's a better blocker if you're looking for that. Um, so a complete player, realistically, Jerry Judy among the receivers. Or CeeDee Lamb. Again, I'm not discriminating. All right. Right as I get to the bottom of the stream, it does its little jump on me. Let's see if I can get back to where we were really quick. Uh, no, it's going to – I might have to hop over. Terry loves my dad hat. Yep. You know, these. Uh, this, this particular hat is not available on huddleuppod.com for sale, but there is a Mile High Huddle dad hat that is that is available if you're into that. Appreciate the super chat, my my friend. Um, Zach, let me grab this fella right here who we know and love, Ron W. In fact, you grab him. I just want to circle over to YouTube real quick, and I'll chip in after you. Yeah, Ron jumping in with a $10 donation. We always appreciate you, Ron. Yes, Thank you do. so much for that. He says, hey, guys, I don't see a lot of mocks uh, having us take Judy. Don't get me wrong. I prefer rugs, but Judy would be equally talented and provide us with polished route running thoughts. Ron, the point literally I just made, he's a more, I think, complete player, not really as explosive overall or, or, or quick as Henry Ruggs, but Judy's a little more advanced as a wide receiver overall. I agree with you there. That's why I'm saying if it's if it's Judy at 15, I'm okay with that. If it's CeeDee Lamb, I'm okay with that. If it's Henry Ruggs, I'm okay with that. They all bring explosive ability to the table. It's just a matter of opinion. It's subjective. It's who you like. It's who passes your eye test. It's who you want on the Broncos. To me, I'm easy. Any of those three, I'd be okay with. I would do. I mean, any of those three, If it come, it's not my preferred go-to, as I've said a million times now, in the first round. But if they came away, the Broncos, with any one of those three, including Jerry Judy, I'm not going to pan that as a bad pick. Like, I can get behind that. All right, so it did do one of those jumps on us, and there's a few, two or three Super Chats we're going to have to do this on. Uh, Chris McKay with a $10 Super Chat. We, Thank we you, Chris. We appreciate you, Chris. What do you think of the Lindsay 
uh, what do you think of Lindsay versus Gordon this year huh. for touches? This is a sensitive topic at the Huddle Up <laughs> podcast. Um, Zach, I'll let you tell. I'll let you start with this one, bro. I think uh, Gordon will be the the starter by title. He's going to be the RB one, and I think the Broncos' inclination at first will be to give him the majority of touches. More likely a fifty five forty five split. Uh, it's just they they gave him the big contract. He's he's one of the highest paid running backs on a per year basis now, and Philip Lindsay's making peanuts compared to that. So Gordon will get the first crack at being the bell cow. But I don't think Lindsey will keep himself off the field for long. He's going to make enough plays where it forces the Broncos to make it more of a timeshare and make it more of an even split. So um, to answer the question, Gordon will start out initially with more touches. But as Lindsey gets going and using that complementary system, I think he'll end up with a fair share as well. We'll see how that shakes out. Again, I maintain that nobody, no running back yet to cross paths with Philip Lindsay has been able to vanquish him in an open competition. He emerges as the guy when the dust finally settles on any of these competitions, he's the one that emerges as the primary ball carrier. Now that doesn't guarantee that it's going to happen this time. There's a first time for everything, but I think you're going to see however it ends up shaking out. I think you're going to see Philip Lindsay continue to get his traditional 15 or so touches as a baseline per game. And Melvin Gordon, it's just going to be a, a, a question of usage, how they each get used and featured in this offense. And there's just still so much about this we don't know because we're not trying to graft what we know about Rich Scangarello's offense, a player to, to a scheme we already know. Yeah, we know kind of the, the basic um, Shermer spread West Coast. It's more, a little, it's more about spacing. They don't use tight ends. We know some things about it, but until he puts it into practice with this personnel right. to bring it to the table, it's hard to project exactly how it's going to look, but uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Glenn, one of our superstars. Thank you, Glenn. with a $5 super chat. Thank Appreciate you, Glenn. You. He says, if Denver trades back, how far would you move? Whom would you pick? And what return would you expect to get on the trade? I don't know. I think Philadelphia, that, that, uh, who was it? The SI MMQB actually that had the Broncos trading back to 21. They took Patrick Queen. That's probably, you know, somewhere in that back, back third of the first round. You're probably not at 15. You're, got, you're not going to get anywhere near the hall that you got from Pittsburgh last year, jumping from 10 to 20. Yeah. But a third round pick, I mean, if you could come away with a third round pick and, you know, if it's in the back end of the first round, we've talked about a few of the options, but you're looking at a Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU. You're looking at Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. You can look at the linebacker prospects. You can look at a couple of corners like Jeff Gladney. We'll see where C.J. Henderson falls in this whole thing. There will be some options if the Broncos do end up doing that. And, Zach, I mean, it's about 50-50. Some, Elway, when it comes to the draft in the first round, he's about half the time he, he executes a trade-up or a trade-back. So – there's a good bet that'll happen again on uh, April 23rd. I wouldn't go so far back to where I'd risk losing the guy I'd want in that slot, though, Chad. So I wouldn't move from 15 to 25. I'd move from 15 to 21, 22, that range. And I would do it only so I don't have to reach for a guy at 15. You could pick up an extra draft pick or two, maybe a second and a fourth, a combination of picks. That would depend on how far they're moving down. But they're at least going to net a third-round pick from that process. 
I'm not even, I don't care about the pick so much. So they already have three third round picks. It's to get your guy at a better value. If they move down to 2021, I'm targeting Cushionberry and failing that. I'm probably going for a Kenneth Murray. I'm probably going for maybe if Ken Law's on the board, which he won't be, but I'm looking for the offensive lineman and, and someone like Cushionberry in the 20 range is a lot more palatable than taking him 15. Agreed. All right, let's grab Jake, who jumped in with a $10 super chat. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. He says, I would be okay with trading back and getting more second round picks, uh, a second round pick or or picks. That's a deep wide receiver class and would be an awesome day two with five picks on the board. Can't wait until April. Yeah, I mean, if you can stockpile more picks, it's just a, I don't know, second round pick, it's going to be hard to get if you're at 15, but it depends on how desperate the team trying to get up to that spot really is, Zach. I guarantee you if the Broncos move back, they're going to package the picks they get and move back up, whether it's the first round or the second round. They're not going to make all of those picks. They already have too many picks and they know what to do with right now, Chad. It's just, it's immaterial to make all those draft picks. So my prediction is if they do move back to the 20s, whatever they gather in that trade, they will use then to move back for a player they like. Just like last year they did with Drew Locke moving up to 42. All right, let's grab TG also, who the chat passed by his, his super chat card. Appreciate the the uh, super chat, TG. It's awesome, TG. Thank you. You're up there on the Mount Rushmore. You know that. We love you. He says, if we don't get any of the big three wideouts, let's go get Mims. Last night on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast that I did with Eric, he's like, look, you know, worst case scenario, if you miss out on the big three, you still could take Mims at pick 15. Mims, let's not forget, if, if it's about speed, he has a phenomenal size-speed combo. He's six foot three. But he brings four three eight speed. So, you know, there's some downsides to Mims as a prospect. You can go read. In fact, today we published at milehighhuddle.com the Mims finding Broncos from Eric Trickle. Go read that report. Go read how he would fit in Denver. But I wouldn't hate the idea. Although, if you're going to go get Mims, I'd take someone else at 15 or trade back and try and get Mims on the back half or back third of of uh, the first round. I'm fully right there with you. I, as a matter of fact, I just wrote about uh, Mims today, and I and he's more quick than he is fast, Chad. He is actually a little more Cortland Sutton than he is Tyree Kill. And you'd love to have two Cortland Suttons on the field, but you know, preferably I'd like to have a little bit of a, a faster prospect, a speedier prospect. So would I place him above a Ruggs or a Judy or a Lamb? No. But would I cry if he's the pick in the second round, late first round? No as well. You have to import at least one blue-chip wide receiver, no matter who it is, to the Broncos offense. All right, let's see. Now we get back into the stream here. Grab James Moss, $20 super chat. Wow, thank uh-huh. you, James. It's That's amazing. awesome. Thank man. you. He says, sorry, haven't tuned in. I've been sick. Hope, hope you feel better. The, I hope it's not the thing we're all worried about right now. And if so, I hope you're feeling better, my friend. Either way, he says, I feel Tua is the X factor of the draft. With the uncertainty of his injury, if he falls to us and someone offers a trade, what would you see happening? So if Tua were to fall to pick 15 and uh, someone offers a trade, I think the Broncos take that trade. They're not going to take Tua. They're going to, and you know, depending on how far back it is and what the trade entails, Tua is not an option for this team. The Broncos have their quarterback of the yeah. future, at least for the next three years. They're going to ride this out with Locke and see how it shakes out. Tua could be a generational player. We'll see. But he's also he brings a significant injury jacket to the yeah. table, which is going to scare some teams. 
Yeah, it will. And uh, I don't know that the Broncos would take him for the sole purpose of trading him. They got to do what's best for business, Chad. They can't play around with that draft pick. So as much as it'd be tempting to just uh, secure his rights and then trade him for a haul, I think they would pass him up if he did fall, which he won't to that spot and go get their guy, whether it's receiver or whoever else. So I, I don't see that happening or materializing later this month. Brian jumps back in with a $5 super chat. Appreciate you, Brian. you, Brian. Zach, if you honestly uh, think this or if, any, if you honestly think any of the three receiver, top three receivers would help lock, then why not make sure we get one of them? All for it. I just I wouldn't sell the farm for any of those receivers. That's the difference. I'm not going to move in the top five and, and give up a majority of my capital to get one when there's a good chance one of them will fall into the Broncos' laps anyway. But 11 or 12, they want to leapfrog the Niners, another team. All for it. I'm going to let Zach tackle this one. I'll, I'll read Robert Mann's question here. What would it take to trade for OBJ? It seems like he wants out of Cleveland. Did he play for Shermer in New York? Yes, he did. I would rather have him than gamble on one of these top three rookies. Zach, do what you're going to do. I just, I don't agree with that. I mean, he's overpriced. He's a, he's a literal head case. I mean, he's not... I think his he peaked as a as a player. I really do. I mean, he had that that catch and he had his Giants years. He got to Cleveland. Jarvis Landry was a better receiver than Odell Beckham. He would just be more of a distraction than he would be a help. He would torpedo this offense. He would be a, a toxic personality in the locker room. It's the last thing a Vic Fangio Drew Lock outfit needs in 2020 is Odell Beckham. Go draft Henry Ruggs. Go draft CeeDee Lamb. A fraction of the cost. No worries. No character concerns. Keep the hell away from Odell Beckham Jr. Amen. I can't add anything more than the knowledge Zach just dropped there. Boise Man jumps back in. $5 super chat. Appreciate you. He says, my hours were cut due to what's going on. We all know what it is. That (laughs) sucks, dude. (laughs) That sucks, brother. Sorry to hear Um, that. He says, but on the bright side... I get to listen live now. Yeah, it's good to have you in the streams, brother. He says, appreciate the continued content to help us through this tough time. And, you know, I just want to point out, boys, we're not asking you to to super chat. If things are tough, if things are tight, don't feel like you need to do that. Just having you participating in these live streams and contributing to the conversation is, is everything for us. So we appreciate that super chat, my friend, and hope things turn soon for you up there. In Boise. There's TG jumping back in. Speaking of superstars, appreciate your brother. Thank he you. says, I've watched all of Ruggs' games. He really struggles when he gets pressed on the line by corners and can't get off them. Mims runs a 4-3-40, so he is a speed guy. Um, yeah, that is, I believe – let me pull this up real quick. Bear with me one sec, you guys. Uh there he is. All right, bear with me one second. There's a reason I'm putting a delay here. Let me read to you the cons. This is from Eric Trickle's Finding Broncos scouting report on Henry Ruggs. Quote, on as far as cons go, physical corners can knock him off his roots. Not much wiggle to avoid tackles. Deep ball tracking ability can be hit or miss. His routes could be cleaner. He doesn't box out corners, Zach, from the catch point. Excess stutter steps in his breaks. Speed variation through routes doesn't exist. Didn't deal well with press coverage, which speaks to what TG is saying here. Solid in college at contested catches, but the NFL is a different animal and often relies on speed over his routes. So I think there are some there there. Zach, the idea that Ruggs, that's something he's going to have to learn how to beat at the next level, getting off press, because if a defensive coordinator thinks he can take you away by simply pressing you at the line of scrimmage, 
you're going to have to have an answer for that. But that's something you can teach in the NFL. That's something he can learn. You can't learn or teach speed. So as long as he has that as his main weapon, he will be able to add to that arsenal. The Broncos, for my money, have one of the best receiver coaches in the NFL, and Zach Azani. You put a Henry Ruggs as raw as he might be in this offense, I, I would consider him to take that next step fairly quickly. You can learn how to beat press coverage. And having Cortland Sutton opposite you, having Melvin Gordon, Phillip Lindsay, Noah Fan working all in the same offense, he's going to get some one-on-ones, or he would get some one-on-ones ones anyway so you can learn that skill set you can't learn or teach speed and that's most important for what the broncos want in a wide receiver too all right guys we're starting to run out of time for tonight's show so i'm gonna go rapid fire through our remaining super chats make sure we didn't miss anybody damian clark warren speaking of our superstars jumps in ten dollar super chat thanks damian he says hey guys been busy with work if isaiah simmons falls to 10 do we go and get him you absolutely pick up the phone and check yeah. to see what the cost is. If it's something you can live with, then by all means, go get him. I'll kick a second and a third round pick for him. I really would consider making that trade. I don't know if I would give up both of those high round capital picks, but I'm definitely picking up the phone and seeing what it would take. You add Simmons to this defense, Chad. It's just next level. It's, it would be unrealistic. Unrealistically amazing. Agreed. King Hicks jumps in. $5 super chat. Appreciate Thank you, my King. friend. Longtime Broncos fran- uh, fan from the Bay Area in Cali, 10 minutes away from Oakland. Man, in the heart of enemy territory. I just wanted to let you guys know I appreciate everything you guys are wow. doing. That's wow, awesome. thanks a Thank lot. You. King Hicks, you are the man. We really appreciate it. That means a lot to us. Uh, Nad Ludlow jumps in with a $3 super chat. Appreciate you, you, brother. Nat. So consistent. Every single podcast we do, you're chipping in, and it just it means it doesn't go unnoticed and means a lot to us. My friend, he says, Mock Draft Mania. Thanks for the great content, guys. Hey, you know, one of the reasons we decided to go with the mock draft roundup for today is, you know, it's tradition at milehighhuddle.com. Mondays are when we do publish a mock draft. It always is going to be on a Monday. Monday kind of is, you know, you're starting off your week. We thought a lot of our listeners after the fact are going to be listening to this podcast on a Monday, even though we're recording it and broadcasting live on Sunday. So we thought, yeah, let's go ahead with the mock draft roundup. All right, let's see what else we got here. Running out of time. Sorry, I can't get to all your questions, guys, your regular um, questions. We'll circle back tomorrow night, though, we promise. Holden Adams with the $2 super chat. Appreciate you, Holden. Wide receiver at 15, trade a second and a fourth round to get Ruiz. So if you take a wide out at 15, wait, wide receiver at 15, trade second and fourth rounder to get Ruiz, meaning trading back into the first round. Is that what he's asking? Um, I guess. I mean, you basically just view Ruiz as your second-round pick, right? If you traded your second and fourth to get back in. You do have three third-rounders, so I could live with that if you if it got you your starting center for the next five years. I, I would as well, and if they want to move back up into the first round, I would probably look for Cushionberry if he's there, but Ruiz would be a plug-and-play starter as well, and they need a center. So that is my preference back-to-back is getting your center and getting your wide receiver in your first two picks. Boise man, clarifying for us, he's actually from Wyoming. Awesome, dude. That's that's still in the Rockies, still in the heart of the geographic aspect of Broncos country, but that's we right. all know that it's a state of being. It, that's what it is. All right, guys, let's see here. Bear with us one second. Let's grab Justin Rogers jumping in with the $5 Super Chat. Thank he you, said, Justin. I agree with Zach. Get rugs. Everyone is overlooking how he clears room for other positions. Also, the guy has a knack for the end zone. 25% of his touches went for a touchdown. 
that's what I can't remember who it was now that was um, saying that he's a, basically a speed guy and that's all he is. That's a good example of the counter argument to rugs being only a speed guy. This dude was a touchdown machine. I'm not saying he's infallible. He's not a perfect prospect, but just his speed, which he has in spades right now, which he doesn't have to learn, what he would bring from day one would open up the field for Cortland Sutton more. No offense, the rest of the Broncos playmakers. So even as a decoy initially, until he gets up to speed in the NFL, he would provide dividends on the Broncos offense. You guys, thank you for joining us tonight and participating in these, this conversation, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, Twitch even, wherever you're watching this show, we appreciate you joining us. And those of you who participate in the conversation in the chat stream, it means the world to us and it makes these podcasts so unique and so fun for everybody, including us. And a mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. We really appreciate you guys. We got to wrap it up for tonight, though. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Simply the best way to stay plugged in with us in real time and also at Mile High Huddle. And while you're at it, if you're on Twitter, make sure you're following my partner here, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, and myself, at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned. We're going to be back in the saddle same time tomorrow night, Monday, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. Until then, Zach, my brother, have a great start to your week and the same to everybody else. You as well, Chad. Excited to start a new week of podcasting. And Brian, we didn't miss you. We see you. We appreciate your you know, your interaction with us. We don't mean to ignore any questions. We'll say it again. We try to get to everybody, but we do see your interaction and we do appreciate it. Um, I didn't see any actual questions. I just saw, no offense, Brian. I just saw you saying, don't ignore me. And then I would try and look up to see what a question is and I don't see a question. So. And- Scott, we do appreciate you. If we did oh, miss oh, not get your donation. Let me make sure I didn't miss somebody. Oh, yeah, it's a super sticker. That's why I missed it. I had to look at a different spot. Good looking appreciate out, Brian. That, Scott and Brian, good looking out, my friend. See, that's what it's all about, man. The community is yeah, a the best. living, breathing, real thing, looking out for each other, and we appreciate that, you guys. Um, but we'll uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you guys then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.